Well, Brother Johnson, come on. Amen. We're going to hear from the word of the Lord tonight. Anybody ready for some preaching? Hallelujah. Praise God. I saw that towel and I thought that was your notes. I said, dear Lord, we're going to be here a while. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah, everybody. Praise the Lord here tonight. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It feels good in here. This towel is because I'm sweating. When pastor preached this morning about imitate him as he follows Christ, I'm like, dear God, how do I imitate pastor? How do I feel shoes like his? But I called Brother Golf this morning. I said, Brother, I was asking him about a song. I said, how do you figure out what to preach when you have a man of God like ours? He's like, uh, well, I just, I just reconciled with myself. I'm just going to just uh, repeat what he says. I think that's what he said. I'm like... Wow. And then I, I hit up Brother Hilton. I said, Brother Hilton, how do you feel shoes like Pastor Riggins? He goes, I just asked him for his notes. <laughs> I said, praise God, maybe I need to take note of that. <laughs> but I've known all month that I needed to preach and preach a message here. And uh, I come tonight, the Lord kind of, I'm one that has to plan everything out and have everything set in stone and everything's got to be right. And the Lord just, you know, didn't really drop a thought in my head until the other day. And I'm like, dear God, what did I do to deserve this? Because, you know, it takes me a while. I, I study it out and I do everything and I write it all down. I write everything down so I don't say anything out of line. But I've come tonight with a burden on my heart. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to say something to this church. So if you would with me here tonight, turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 here tonight. And you can go ahead and turn over to Hebrews 11 as well because we're going to go over there. I'd like to personally thank Brother Golf here tonight for helping me preach. If, it wasn't, if he wasn't my second voice, uh, I don't think we would uh, have much to preach here tonight. Uh, I handed him uh, about eight pages of scriptures, but I'm going to try to use the cliff notes here tonight. If you got it, say amen. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth without, was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said... Let there be light. If you go on down through chapter 1 here and just keep on trucking down through here, you're going to see it keeps saying, and God said. And when God said, something happened. God said, something happened. God said, something happened. Hebrews 11, verse 1 through 3 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The living Bible says what is faith? It is the confidence assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is a certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us even though we can't see it up ahead. I want to preach tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost from this thought. And God said. 
Lay your Bibles down here tonight. Raise your hands and your hearts to heaven and let's talk to Jesus for just a little bit here tonight. Lord, I ask you here right now to touch my lips, Lord God. Help me, Lord God, to feed the sheep of God here tonight. God, that I could give them something that they could walk away from here tonight and chew on for the rest of the week, God. That I could encourage, that I could build up their faith, that I could bring forth something in their hearts and minds here tonight. Praise God. You may be seated. Every non-working word that men shall speak, they're going to give an account for thereof in the day of judgment. Proverbs 18, 20, and 21 says this. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, what you are saying... It's going to bring a harvest, whether you like it or you don't. Whether it be sweet fruit or bitter fruit, there will be a harvest from what you say. I'm afraid that we don't realize the power and authority of words that come from our mouth. That when we speak, we only reveal what truly is inside of us. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 12, 33 through 37. Either make the tree good and his fruit good. Or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Go ahead. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. By thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. That means a man's course is set by what he says. James chapter 3 verse 1 through 12 says this. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. If you can say everything perfect and not offend anybody, you are a perfect man. I'm telling you what, I stick my foot in my mouth so many times. (laughs) I am not a perfect man by any means. Go ahead, brother. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may may obey us, and we turn their whole body. In other words, they put a bit in the mouth of a horse. If anybody's ever seen it, they put this bit in there, and that big horse is controlled by a little bitty bit that goes in their mouth. When they jerk on the reins and it pulls on the mouth of that horse, he's either going to go to the left or to the right. Unless you got a horse named Chance like I was on, he bucks you off and you hit a rock. That's enough story for another time. (laughs) And the Lord healed me of that, by the way, my knee. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Jerry. Go ahead, brother. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven by fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, and whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. The, the tongue whole- is a little member, and it boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire it kindleth. 
The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So the tongue among our members, that defiles the whole body. In other words, what you say, what comes out of your mouth, will either edify or it will defile you. It is a little member that sets the course on fire. In other words, the man cannot tame his own tongue. That is why God... When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, no man can tame their tongue. He takes what you cannot control and controls it here. Amen. What you're saying will determine where you go. Let me say that again. What you are saying will determine where you are going. We must launch an aggressive attack against the forces of hell tonight. And the launching pad of every child of God is our mouth. And God wants us to use us in the last day to defeat the powers of hell by what we say. We either launch God's rockets or the devil's rockets. You listen to me. Hell understands the power of words. Revelation 16, 13 through 14 says this. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth under the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to battle of that great day of God Almighty. I saw three unclean spirits like us of frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. I just believe the dragon is the devil. Out of the mouth of the beast, which I believe is the United Nations, but, you know, that's conjecture, whatever. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. Listen to what it says here. For they are spirits of devils. And they're working miracles. They're going to be doing great things in the last day to confuse the saints of God, which go forth out of the kings and go into the kings of this earth. I'm here to tell you tonight, we're watching this happen right now in front of our face. And that's why we must realize that the devil is after our mouths. The devil wants to attack us. He's launching thought bombs that bring evil thoughts. And these evil thoughts, once established, set up strongholds in our lives. And these strongholds are nests of evil thoughts that want to attack and capture our hearts. He wants to do this by bringing those thoughts down inside our heart. And once we start believing in them, meditating on them, and accepting them, finally, we speak it. And finally, when we speak it, we, the, the goal of hell has just been captured. He has just captured our mouths. Because Satan knows what we speak is down in our hearts, out of the abundance of our hearts. And when he has control of our mouth, he has control of us. You better hear me. He's able to launch attacks with rockets of gossip, backbiting, lies, hatred, fears, doubts and that's how Satan is going to establish his kingdom in this last hour he's going to set up seats of Satan in the houses of worship he's going to do it through people's mouths that's why our mouth is the epicenter of spiritual warfare Psalm 149 verses 1 through 9 says this praise ye the Lord sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of saints let Israel rejoice in him that made him Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with a timbrel and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God. Listen to this. Let the high praises of God 
be in their mouth. When the high praises of God are in your mouth, what happens, Brother Goff? A two-edged sword is in A their hand. A two-edged sword is in your hand to do what? To execute vengeance upon the heathen. Ah, it's going to take down devil spirits. It's going to take giants down. It's going to take situations in your life down. If you can get praise in your mouth and in your heart, you are going to afflict chaos in the enemy's life. You hear me tonight, my friend? The psalmist says it best in 1914. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let my words of my mouth be guarded because it's going to absolutely set the pace of what happens to my future. Proverbs 18 and 21 already said it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You hear me? What you say will either bring life or it will bring death to your situation. We already saw it here in Matthew 12 and 37. It says, by your words you will be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Let me tell you something here tonight, saints. The way things appear is not always the way they really are. And what hell is wanting to do is to bring doubt, confusion into your minds by circumstances that you see. But the circumstances is not the end result. As, as we see here, Paul shows us here in the Scripture, Romans 4, 17 through 21. It's the story of Abraham here. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom ye believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. He calleth those things which be not as though they were. Come on now. Go ahead. Who against hope believed in hope, that, they, that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Here's the circumstance. Abraham and Sarah were unable to have children. But that was not the end result. Let's listen to this. Let me read this scripture here in the New Living Testament. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. The living Bible says so. When God told Abraham that he would give him a son would, and he would have many descendants and become a great nation, Abraham believed God even though such a promise just couldn't come to pass. You hear me here. And in verse 19 says this, brother. And being not weak in faith, he, not cons weak in faith. he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now listen to this. Listen to this here. He staggered not he at staggered the promises, not of, God at the promise of God through unbelief, but, but was strong, strong in faith, faith giving, giving glory, glory to, God, to God, and being fully, fully persuaded, persuaded what that he had promised. He was able to perform it. What the devil wants to do is get you to begin about doubt and death. And negativity, speaking, that's what hell is trying to do. But you need to call it those things which not are as though they are. Being, Pastor talked about this scripture earlier this morning. I want to draw something out of it here today. Ezekiel 37 verses 3 through 4 says this. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? Can't look at the situation. It's a dead situation. It's dry situation. And he answered and said... O oh Lord God, thou knowest. He didn't even, even Ezekiel didn't even know 
if this situation could be resolved here. And again, verse 4. And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I submit to you here tonight, Ezekiel did not have the answer to the problem of his dead situation, but God gave him the answer by saying, You know what? You need to speak to your situation here. You need to speak to your dead circumstances. You need to speak to your dead uh, baby or anything else that you might have going on in your job. You need to speak. You need to stand up and speak to that situation. I'm going to tell you here tonight, I don't see an empty auditorium. I see the place full of people. I don't see a negative or dead situation. I see revival. Praise God. I'm standing. I see standing room only here in this place tonight. You got problems on the job? I see answers and blessings coming from those problems. Ephesians 3 and 20 says this. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. You gotta open your mouth and you gotta speak and say, God, I need your help here today. And if that power that worketh in you can rise up and speak to your situation, I'm here to tell you tonight, sometimes you gotta stand up and speak to your circumstances. Whenever you speak in faith, you open the door to whatever you said to come in. You need to understand the power of words. I absolutely believe that our future is determined by what we say. I believe that people by nature are negative creatures. I believe I'm going to be sick. Bless God, don't say that, but rebuke that in Jesus' same name and say, I'm going to be well. I don't care what the symptoms say. Just stand up and say, I am healed in Jesus' name. You know, Isaiah 53 said, by his stripes, we are healed. It's already done for you. All you got to do is stand up and speak the word. If you are weak and sick, dear Lord, whatever you do, don't stand up and tell the devil that. Joel tells us what to say, what we ought to say here. Joel 3 and 10. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let Let the the weak say I am strong I am strong don't sit there and whine about it you need to stand up and say you know what this may not be the ultimate situation I am but I am strong I'm going to make it through it with God praise God I want you to hear what Jesus is saying as he trudges up the hill to carry he looks on the side of the road and there are some Jewish women weeping and wailing And as he's walking up to be nailed to the cross, he stops in the middle of that journey and tells these ladies something. Don't weep for me. Be weeping for yourselves and for your children. Why did he say that? I'll tell you why he said that. Matthew 27 and 25 says this. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. They spoke a curse onto themselves by saying let his blood be on us they thought they were just getting rid of a rebel but what they said altered their destiny and an entire race of people from that day until now what they said affected generations of children born and unborn by the power of spoken words 
I believe it was no coincidence what Peter said on the day of Pentecost that his words to the people who knew uh, that what their actions was that they brought a curse and it still holds true today. Acts 2, 36-39 says this, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For, for the promise is unto you. It's unto you. And to your children. And to your children. And to all that are afar. And to all of the unborn and those who are coming from afar. Peter gave them the problem, the solution to the curse that was brought unto them at Calvary when they said, Let his blood be upon us and our children. Hallelujah. Maybe God's waiting on somebody here in this house tonight to speak a word of change to your future. Maybe your loved ones have gone astray. Maybe you have a wayward son or daughter you need to hear me here tonight quit being quit being uh quit bashing words and, and saying doubt and fear the devil all he wants you to do here is to assault you with words he wants you to say they're going to be lost he wants you to have doubt in your heart he wants you not to speak up and say speak things as though they were as not as though they were he wants you he wants you to be down in the mouth about it Open your mouth and speak the words of their future. What can we say the rest of their lives? Adam, in the beginning, was given dominion over all things. We know that the power he was given was by words. Hebrews 1 and 3 says this, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had made by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Listen, listen what it says here. Upholding all things by the word of his power. It does not say the power of his words. It says the word of his power. The word that he spoke brought forth power to change situations in in people's lives. When I read that, I said, what do you mean here? Power comes from the Word. When you speak the Word, you're speaking power into a situation. His, your words release power into motion and into your situation and into your environment. I'm here to tell you tonight, you can speak a future into your life. I'm going to give... I, there are so many examples in the Scripture. I, as, I'm, as I'm giving these, you're probably going to come up with Enough on your own. But I want, to, I want to show you here. Abraham. The only reason I believe Isaac came back down from the mountain was because the words Abraham spoke. You understand this was his promise, child, of his old age. Genesis 22, verses 1 through 5 says this. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, 
and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Now listen to this, listen to this, verse 5. And Abraham said unto his young Abraham men. Abraham spoke and said unto his young men. Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. You hear me, he spoke words of faith into a situation. I'm telling you, it looked bleak and dark, but I, I'm telling you, he, he spoke a future into him. What would have happened if he would have said, well, I don't know what's going to happen here. We're going to go up the mountain, and I, I don't know what's going to happen. He spoke faith, and it, I believe in turn, brought a, the destiny of himself. It was his attitude, his words that he spoke. He didn't call it sacrifice. He called it worship. His words caused him to send an angel to restrain the hand of Abraham at the very time the knife was being drawn back. And he called that place, God will provide. God will provide. And from that point forward, it was called Jehovah Jireh. And because he did what he did, God said that in blessing, I will bless you. In other words, he was blessed already and, it, and he was just going to multiply the blessings and he was going to multiply the seeds on top of all the blessings he already had. I'm here to tell you tonight, all because of words and his attitude and actions, he received the multiplied blessings. I'm reminded of another story here in the scripture about the Shunammite woman. This woman was a barren woman whose, whose child had died and the situation was dire and bleak. I believe she spoke a word of power that changed the outcome of her situation. The woman who built a chamber for the man of God who was passing by when, and when he turned in and speaks a word into her barrenness and to her barrenness was over when she bore a baby boy. As he had gotten a little older, he went out into the field with his father and became sick. The father brought him home, and I can't imagine how that must have been. She rocked that baby to sleep that evening, and all of a sudden, that baby was dead. His eyes sunk back in his head. Her dream, her hope, her promise, her joy was dead. Everything she lived for was gone. But let me tell you, there's a power that you can release into a situation that can change the course of history. Notice, this woman was without the Bible, was without the Holy Ghost, and she made a statement that altered the destiny of this child with her husband. And the Bible calls his, uh, her husband an old man because an old man always goes against anything that you're trying to do right. He, he was trying to discourage her. He, he was trying to keep her from going to church. He was trying to keep her from getting a word from God. He said, it's not convenient right now. You hear me, the flesh will always try to discourage you from getting a word from God. Flesh will always hold you back from receiving what the Holy Ghost has for you. But look what she had to say here in 2 Kings uh, chapter 4 and verse 23. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to, to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. He's making excuses. It's neither the new moon 
or the Sabbath. But what did she say? And she said, it shall be well. It shall be well. I know my situation's dead. I know that my situation's bleak. But I'm here to tell you, it shall be well. It doesn't look well. It doesn't feel well. But it shall be well. I'm here to tell you tonight, some of you need to stand up and say, it shall be well. Can you imagine holding that dead baby? But she spoke into her elements of her darkness and said, it shall be well. I can't figure it all out, but it shall be well. I'm speaking to this church right now and I'm speaking to the saints of the God. It shall be well. I'm speaking to mom and dads who need to rise up and say, it shall be well. I'm saying to you here tonight, I don't know what you're going through. I don't understand. You may be facing situations in your life, and I can't say I can even sympathize with you. But one thing I can say, you can speak a word here tonight and alter the course of that situation by saying, it shall be well. I know there's some of you here tonight with medical situations that you need God to fix. You need to rise up and say, it shall be well. I know there's some of you here right now with job situations that you need God to come through for. You need to stand up and say, it is well. You got situations you've been praying about you can't seem to get an answer on. You need to rise up and say, it is well. Look what happens when she finally makes it to church. She finally makes it to the man of God. And she is questioned on how is this boy. Now, here we are. She's questioned, how's your dream? How's your revival? How's your hope? How's all this working out for you? How's your situation? How's the word that I gave you that is being fulfilled? I'm here to tell you tonight, here's how she responds here in 2 Kings 4 and 26. She says again, Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It, it is well. It is well. It is well. I don't care what you have going on in your life. I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar in your situation. You need to rise up and say, You're a liar, devil. It is well here tonight. It is well here tonight. Jesus, here's another story. Jesus heals the two blind men. Look, look at what they have to say here in Matthew 9, 27 through 31. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe, believe ye, ye that I am able to do this. Do you believe that? And look, look at the next words here. They said unto him. They said, they opened up their mouth and said. Yea, Lord. Yes, Lord, you can do this. And Jesus said, what? Then touched he their eyes, saying, according to your faith. According be unto to you. your faith, it'll be done unto you. According to your faith, it will be done unto you. And their eyes were open, and they straightly charged, saying, don't tell anybody about this, but. We all know here. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. All right. Without faith, it is impossible. These blind men had faith. And it brought forth their healing here. 
For without faith, it is impossible. Let's go to the next one here. The woman with the issue of blood. Matthew 9, 18 and 26 says this. While he yet spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. Hey, listen to this. Listen, a certain ruler came and he worshipped, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but I tell you what, Lord, if you just lay your hand on her, she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did the disciples. Verse 20. And behold, a woman which was diseased with the issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. And verse 21, look at what she does here. For she saith within she herself. She said within herself. If I may but touch his garment. Hey, she spent everything she had. She went to every doctor. But when she finally rose up and spoke to her situation and said, you know what? I will be well. I will be well. And all of a sudden her blood dried up here. All right, let's, let me move on down here to another one here. I mean, I can just go on on and on and on. Let's go to Matthew uh, chapter 8 and verse uh, number 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. But look what the centurion said in verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But, but speak, speak the, the word. word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh. He understands about speaking to a situation. He has authority himself. And I'm here to tell you tonight, you have authority with the power that worketh inside you to speak to your situation here tonight. I don't care what it looks like in your life. You need to rise up and say, it is well. It is well here tonight. And verse 13, it says, verse 13, brother. Matthew 8 and 13, is it there? Yes, sir. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be it unto thee. And his servant was healed in that selfsame hour. He was healed. He, he spoke up and said, You know what? He spoke to his situation, and Jesus said, You know what? Because you believe, be it done unto you. Let's look at another one here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 28 says this. Then Jesus went thence and departed on the coast of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped she him, saying, She came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. She, he called her a dog to her face. But look what she says here in verse 27. And she saith, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. She, she spoke up. When everything was against her and made her voice heard and had enough faith to say, you know what, Lord, 
I, the children's, uh, it's not me to eat uh, the children's bread that was cast into dogs. Would any of us, would any of us, how would we respond if the Lord, I'd I, I just be honest with you, <laughs> I'd get an attitude about it. Call me a dog. Yeah, I wouldn't be getting that blessing, but she had enough in her to say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and skip the story of Lazarus. But this saying, uh, the story of Lazarus was an interesting story here. As you see, uh, there was all throughout this story here in uh, John 11, 1 through 44, was a lot of doubt. I mean, even uh, Jesus was greeted. It said he groaned in his own spirit because of their lack of faith. He got angry. But I'm here here with my last one here. I kind of cut through some of this tonight. I don't want to bore you. This just excites me. I don't know about you. It just, just excites me. Look, we're going to go into the story of Canaan here. Uh, just before uh, the Israelites go in. Numbers 13, the story of the spies here. They are on the precipice of the promised land. Twelve scouts were given a reconnaissance mission that actually determined the future of an entire nation. Two of them said, we are well able to take the land. But ten of them said, there's walled cities and giants, and we are but as grasshoppers in their sight. We cannot take the land. And Joshua and Caleb rose up and spoke and said, we are well able. They said, those people are too great for us. But for all of those who spoke negative, here's what happened Before 24 hours was up. The judgments of God had fallen upon the people. And a plague had smitten and killed the ten spies who said, We can't do this. You hear me here tonight. Because of ten men's words. Literally, millions of people died in the wilderness. Can you imagine Joshua and Caleb? I bet you they were knuckle dragging the whole time. Because ten doubters said, You know what? We can't do this. We just can't do this. And I'm here to tell you tonight, we are well able. God has said. That's my scripture text, you know, my title tonight. And God said. God has made promises to this church. God has said, we will have revival. The question i got to ask you folks here tonight What are you speaking at home? What are you saying? Are you speaking doubt? Fear? What are you saying at home? God has said, when God spoke in the Scripture, things happen. When people spoke in the Scripture, things happen. I'm asking you tonight, what are we saying at home? What is our attitude? I'm gonna end. I'm gonna end this right here because I feel like in it. But I'm gonna end with a story, a personal story here, and I got a couple more pages here. My dad had a dad that we owned a farm and a cattle ranch, and we he spent his whole life working on that ranch. I mean, working hard. I I I remember sun up, sun down. He was working to build a farm. Thousands of acres, bunch of farmland, thousands of cattle, millions of dollars at stake. 
And this is what inspires this sermon tonight. I remember on multiple occasions my dad sitting and saying, You know, son, I put all this time in here. And you know what? I'll probably die before I get to see it. Not only did he speak it once, he spoke it twice. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't have the nerve to stand up and say, Dad, you keep drinking like a fish and smoking like a chimney. You probably won't see it. But two years before he would inherit millions of dollars and lots of property, my dad had a blood clot that killed him and didn't see all the promises and the inheritance that was coming to him. I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, what you say, the words that you speak, will determine your destiny. What you're saying at home, you know, you might come to church, clap your hands, stomp your feet. Whatever you're saying when you walk out these doors, God just don't hear you when you bow a knee to pray. God hears you when you get in that car and start eating up the preacher and the brothers and the sisters and say, I just can't believe he said that. I just can't believe he did that. You know what? You're hindering revival in this city. I'm going to ask you here tonight, how many hundreds of thousands of people are in this city here tonight that need to hear the message of salvation. We have the answer for these people in this city. And I'm here to tell you tonight, what are you saying when you leave here? Are you speaking words of faith saying, we are well able, we can do this, we can take this city, we can have revival, we can do these things. Praise God, hallelujah, stand here tonight with me. And I'll hand this back over to Pastor and let him uh, close it out from here. You, Jesus, come on, let's reach out to the Lord right now. I worship your name, Master. I worship your name, Master. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Come on, we need to make up our minds right now. We're going to speak faith. We're going to speak faith. My situation is not too hard for God to solve. It's not too big for God. It's not too difficult for God. My God is able. He's able. He's able. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't we come and gather around the front tonight? Whatever your situation is, why don't you reach out to God in faith right now? Lord, it shall be well. It shall be well. It shall be well. 